Talk Radio. You're in to all things music. To have talent is a gift, but the real gift is to be able to make a living at it. Sometimes a job that doesn't pay as much is more important. If it's a good thing that's musically good, it could be good for your career, that's musically intelligent and could be wonderful for you, that might be the right thing to do. Look, look, look for your future and, and stay true to the art. Welcome to Making It with Terry Woolman, the show that explores the secrets, successes, and strategies for making it in the music biz. And now, here's your host, Terry Woolman. to the show and thanks for tuning in. I want to say a quick thank you to my guest on last week's episode, entertainment attorney Michael Morris. If you didn't get to hear it, you can listen to all of our episodes at entertalkradio.com slash making it or download our app and take us with you. Also, be sure to tune in for my upcoming conversations with guests including jazz violinist Jean-Luc Ponty, percussionist Lenny Castro, bassist Nathan East, and next week's guest, singer-songwriter from the Joni Mitchell Project, Kiki Epson. I'd like to take a moment to also thank the companies that help me sound my best, whether I'm performing live or in the studio, recording and producing music, Blue Microphones, Taylor Guitars, Seymour Duncan Pickups, Mesa Boogie Amps, D'Addario Strings and Planet Waves, Motu Digital Performer, which we both use, mm. IK Multimedia, and Exotic Effects. So often, I get asked questions about the creative process, so I created this show, to focus on what it takes to have a lasting career in the ever-changing landscape of the music business. You're really in for a treat as I've invited my friends, some of the best and brightest in music, to share their stories on how they have influenced the music that has shaped our lives. I guarantee you're going to love it. So let's get started. This is a special day because we're actually in the studio with my friend Artie Butler. And um, my guest today is composer, artist, arranger Artie Butler. Artie Butler was discovered by the legendary team of Jerry Lieber and Mike Stoller. He has been involved in every phase of the music industry, awarded over 50 gold and platinum records, multi-Emmy and Grammy nominations. His credits are literally too numerous to mention, but I'm going to name a few. Artie has worked with the best of the best, Barbara Streisand, Bette Midler, Barry Manilow, Peggy Lee, Louis Armstrong, Neil Sedaka, B.B. King, Neil Diamond, Joe Cocker, Natalie Cole, Gladys Knight in the Pips, Dion Warwick, Bernadette Peters, Helen Reddy, Mac Davis, Bobby Darren, Dinah Washington, Andy Williams, Liza Minnelli, Joe Williams, Johnny Mathis, The Coasters, The Drifters, Benny King. His song, Here's to Life, recorded by Shirley Horn and Barbara Streisand, was nominated for two Grammy Awards in 1992, is rapidly becoming a part of the new American Songbook. He is a three-time Emmy nominee, including a nomination for his outstanding work on the CD miniseries Sinatra, based on the life of Frank Sinatra. His arrangement and featured piano work on Joe Cocker's hit record, Feeling All Right, remains a true classic in American pop music and rock and roll. His songs have been sung by Barbara Streisand, The Rolling Stones, Dionne Warwick, Barry Manilow, Shirley Horn, Nancy Wilson, Joe Williams, Peggy Lee, and others. He is also known for his wonderful sense of humor. Artie Butler started in the famous Brill Building and made some of the most significant contributions to the fabled and historic era. Please welcome my guest today, Artie Butler. Welcome, Artie. I'd like to meet that guy. I would, too. <laughs> he sounds pretty impressive. Well, I, you know, I hear you say that, and it, 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 it went by too fast, and it's not over. No. It, no, far from it, but it's just... It's uh, it's uh, it's overwhelming to me. I, I I I have not lost the ability to sit back and say, "Wow, I, I, it just happened too fast." Right? Does it I feel like a blur or a, a dream? Not, not a blur, but uh, I, I must have blinked. Right. I must have blinked right. because 
to hear you say that, I know it's my bio, but to hear you say it, I'm, I'm still... I'm still walking through the enchanted forest. Right. That's how I feel about it. Right. I, I told you before, I get up 4.30 every morning, and I, I, I'm still walking through that forest uh, looking to write, do the next thing. And right. I, 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 that's the gift of gifts. Yeah, it, isn't it? It truly is. Yeah. It truly is. Really. Yeah, I'm, I'm not surprised because, because people often who are not in our world... Right. You know, think that we get jaded in some way by all the remarkable experiences that we have, but it's we don't. I, I think back, when I hear you read that, I think back to the recording sessions, and I think back to the the preparation of it, and, right. and the rush of the recording sessions, and listening to the playbacks, and, yeah. and the satisfaction of going to the next one, and the excitement, and, right. the, and the live musicians in the studios, yes. and, the, and the camaraderie with the guys going out to eat afterwards, and the preparation of the writing the arrangements and the, the, the coming out, coming out of your soul and that's that's that that's the reward that's having experienced that and it goes through your brain and it comes out of your comes out of your it's part of your dna right you don't press a button it comes out of your dna it's part of your blood and it's part of who you are to make those records the way we made them in those days yeah uh and there's so many different types of singers passed through our mm -hmm. solar system and, and we through theirs, you know? Right. Um, the way we used to make records, we used to uh, listen to the song and listen to it again. I would take it home and I would, as I explained to you before, I would, before I would write a note, I would uh, listen to the song four or five times and pay attention to the lyric. And right. say, what is the song about? And right. I have to become a part of the song so that I could write about it. Right, you don't you know, touch a piece of music until you understand the story. Until I understand the story yeah. of the song. So, what is the yeah. song about? You know, mm -hmm. um, uh, and what and and the artist is the lead instrument of the whole record. Is it a funky singer? Is it a, is it a, a dainty singer? Mm -hmm. Because uh, uh, that spells what the record is. And I look what to leave out in an arrangement, not what to put in. Right. You know, it's like a soup. You don't go to your cupboard and put every spice in there. What spice am I going to use? And what spice am I going to leave out? And that's what I bring, brought to the, to the party. And I still do. You right. Know? And, that's, uh, and I listen to you talk about that. And I just, uh, it's, uh, it's interesting. Yeah. It's really interesting. I understand. It's still a toy store to me. Yes. It's still a toy, toy story 11. Right. It's still a toy store. It really is. Let me ask you a question. Yeah, you, yeah. You're one of the most respected composers and arrangers in the music business, and and you have you are, and you've arranged over 75 hit records. You've been awarded over 60 gold and platinum albums. Um, you played piano on the Feeling All Right, and then, you know all of our favorite Joe Cocker song. You want it? <laughs> right, the blues. goes up the shoulder. It does, play. and it set the tone for the whole band. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Here's my question. How does a young kid growing up in Brooklyn with a dream like yourself find yourself here in this room with this piano in your studio and, and you your, know, your life? Oh, gosh. You know, I think music and I picked each other. Mm -hmm. I don't think I picked... I think... We picked each other. I I was I wasn't a really good student in school. Mm -hmm. uh, there was a piano in my house, and uh, uh, and we kind of fell in love with each other at an early age. Right. Uh, was that your first instrument? Piano. Right. Yes. Uh, and um, it was a f true romance. And uh, truth is, uh, we're still dating. Right. <laughs> so you know. Uh, but you also, you picked up clarinet, clarinet you played and drums, drums and vibes, vibes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, I wanted to be Benny Goodman. I wanted mm -hmm. to be Terry Gibbs, and, yeah. and I sure wanted to be Buddy Rich and Gene Krupa. Mm -hmm. But but uh, but a piano was my instrument. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I saw a great I, picture of you with Buddy Rich sitting in your uh, lap. Yeah, Buddy was my Buddy was my buddy. Yeah, uh, we loved each other's sense of humor. You mm -hmm. know, yeah. Uh, uh, um, uh, but the music. Spoke to me and, and uh, in a way that uh, I remember the day I discovered when I was a young kid you could hit play the piano a certain way and it would transmit your translate your emotions. Uh, 
that way for when you were happy and mm -hmm. for when you were moody. Right. Not necessarily what I was playing, but right. I remember the day I made that discovery, I, I was like five, five and a half. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, the piano was my first, it was the first way out of my sad childhood when my parents were, brought, uh, parents were always fighting and right. yelling. Right. So this was, as I said, my enchanted forest. Mm -hmm. I went there to get away from my <laughs> craziness that was Absolutely. going on in my house. Yeah. So, uh, hello music. Yeah. So let's talk about visualization for a, a moment because I, I know that you used to. Did I talk too much about you? <laughs> you talk me. Still talk to me. You used to take old downbeat and metronome magazines right. and, and music catalogs right. and paste your my picture, face, yeah. your face. Right. So you know, in over I used the, to put my face over Benny Goodman's right face. over the faces of, of, of great players face, who right. were influencing you. Right. Absolutely. Here's my question: Do you think visualizing your life how you hoped it would be actually played a part in making it happen? You know, I never thought of it. I just did it because I, I idolized those people. Right. You know, so it connected you with them in some way, or it must have. It must have. But I also discovered Chuck Berry, right, and and Little Richard. Man, I love those guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Rachmaninoff, mm -hmm. and everything in between. Right. Uh, I never pasted my picture over Rachmaninoff, but I fell in <laughs> love with his music mm -hmm. at Second Piano Concerto. Boy, yeah. I loved it. It must have done something to me yeah. because it was it, it hypnotized me. Yeah, it, it just it just got to me, and, and uh, uh, it still does. Well, you know, you you've talked about also hunger and passion a, yeah. a lot, yeah. and I mean, where where do you stand with that? Well, uh, hunger regarding. Um, well, like even in your lyric. Um, you know, it here's to life. Yeah, well, know, that when, that was Phyllis Molinari's lyric. Okay, right. Um, but it, there's there's a line in there. Even though I'm satisfied, I'm hungry still. Right. That 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 is Phyllis Molinari. Okay. So I can't take credit okay. for that. I'd, I'd be a creep if I did. Yeah, yeah. But but uh, the song talks about the, the passion in life, and and uh, the, uh, where the song came from was my father, who I was very close to, was getting older, and and, and Father Time was really good at what he does. Yeah. We yeah. all know that. Right. Uh, my father was getting older, and, and uh, I saw George Burns on The Tonight Show one night, mm -hmm. and he was about 80-something, and he looked like my father. And Johnny Carson said, George, how many cigars do you smoke a day? And he said, six or eight. Mm -hmm. And he says, what, what does your doctor say? He says, my doctor's dead. <laughs> <laughs> and then he says, what do you think about life? He says, I think the second half's going to be better. Yeah. I remember hearing him saying that. Yeah, yeah. And that just got to me. And I went upstairs. I was in Tahoe. I had a home in Tahoe. Mm -hmm. I went to the piano, and in 20 minutes, 15, 20 minutes, I wrote the melody and the title of Here's to Life. It mm -hmm. was a salute to life. I had my father in, in mind. It was my father passing the torch to me saying, it's okay, let me, I'm older, and let me, right. it's okay, let me go, let me do what I have to do. I, it was my way of giving my father through his eyes, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, you know, right. um, and I wrote a couple of the key words, I by no means wrote sure. the lyric, and I gave it to Phyllis, and she wrote the lyric, and God bless her, she's gone now, but boy, did she ever write the lyric. Yeah. So she got the message that I, what I right. wanted to say in the song, and, and, and she came back, she didn't want to write the song, mm -hmm. she wanted to write for Michael Jackson, and I said, this is not for Michael Jackson, mm -hmm. and, um, um, but after a few tries and attempts, she nailed it. You, you also went through a couple of other lyricists before they, they, I, I gave it to a couple of other lyricists, and they, 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 they're wonderful writers, but they were too rhymey, dimey, yeah, right, you know, right, 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 right. Too, uh, too car, star, jar, yeah. too rhymey, you know. And have, by the way, how did you maneuver through that? Was that awkward going to these pretty wonderful, amazing wonderful, writers? Wonderful writers, you know. And I just had to say, you know, I'm, I'm sorry, it just doesn't work yeah. for me, you know. And, and they understood. They were okay with it. You know, they, yeah. they, they, they had to be. Right. You know, it was, they, and Phyllis was, uh, I was partners in a studio uh, called Evergreen with Charlie Fox. Oh, sure. Who yeah. you had on your show. Yes. And uh, she had been wanting to write with me. And she said, Artie, I want to write one of your songs that you write. You write these beautiful battles. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. I said, nah, but, I, but we were in business together. And it was too close. I didn't want to. But mm -hmm. finally she said, uh, I said, okay, let me ch come on over. So. Uh, she heard it and she said, it's beautiful, but I want to write something 
for Michael Jackson. I said, well, Phyllis, this is not for Michael Jackson. <laughs> she, she said, I'm sorry. And she walked. She yeah, left. She did, right. I said, Phyllis, come on back. Yeah. I, I, a couple of weeks later, she came back and said, I'll give it a try. Okay. Does it have to be called Here's the Life? I said, oh, yes. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. Right. You know, I, it can't be called anything, but and right. it has to have these couple of words, key lines in it. Mm -hmm. She came back a couple of weeks later, and she had the lyric in and I said, Phyllis, you're onto something. Change this, change that. Right. So four or five trips later, yeah. I remember what I did. She came back. I had other piano with I put my hands down. I said, that's it. Yeah. Go home. Go have lunch. Go, yeah. go get lost, whatever. Yeah. That's it. Let me run with it. Yeah. She says, who's going to record this song? I said, I don't know. Right. But it'll be around long after you and I. She said, no. Who's? I said, I don't know. Right. I don't know. Right. Sadly, she's gone. I'm sorry, she's yeah. not, but she did live long enough to see Barbara recorded. Wow, well, and, that's and, uh, pretty well, special. Well, you know, and the Shirley Horn record is wonderful. Yeah. Oh my gosh, you know, I yeah. was at the Shirley Horn recording session. I thought that was great that that the another arranger invited you to. Jo well, Shir Shirley, to the I session. did it on the Tonight Show with Joe Williams. Right. Yeah, and we did it just piano and voice, and, and mm -hmm. the audience went bananas. Right, and Johnny came back in the dressing room, said, "Audie, I want you to you and Joe come back in about." six, eight weeks, mm -hmm. and Artie write an arrangement for Doc Severus's band, for Doc's band, sure. and we'll do it again because the song is fantastic. So yeah. we came back in about six, eight weeks, mm -hmm. and we did it with Doc's band. Right. And uh, Shirley heard that second song, and she called Joe's manager, right. John Levy, who was, who was uh, uh, her manager also right. at right. one time, and she said, I'm doing an album with Johnny Williams, and uh, Johnny Mandel, Johnny Mandel, and I want you to yeah. uh, uh, get me that song I saw last night. So John Levy called me up and said, what song did you do on a, on a Tonight Show last night? I get it. So Johnny Mandel called me and he said, what is this song I heard about? Get it to me. So I faxed it to him and I got him the cassette and he called me up. He said, it's a beautiful song. We're recording it next Thursday, whatever, it is, and he invited me to the session. And he said to me, I think you're going to be a happy guy. Come to the session around 7 to 10, come around 9 o'clock. Yeah. It was the last song on the session. Mm -hmm. There were two takes. This was the first take. It was the first, yeah. I believe it was. And they, he, he, Johnny, oh, yeah. Johnny's arrangement. It's not an arrangement. It's a French impressionistic oil painting. That's right. That's right. I close my eyes. Yeah. I see the brush strokes. Yeah. I, I sent them a, a fan letter. We're heading into our first break already. So, uh, well, then I didn't send them. <laughs> um, stick around for the rest of that story. I'm here with Artie Butler in Artie's studio, and thank you for having us here. Um, we'll play you a little bit of uh, Here's to Life coming out of the next episode, and, and at the end of the show, you're going to do a little live version of it as well. So we'll be right back. Uh, stick around. serious about your music? Are you ready to run with the big dogs? The experts at Pitbull Audio have the gear to get you into the game. From leading manufacturers like Mesa Boogie, Fender, Pioneer, and American Audio. To sound your best, you need the best. Pitbull Audio can deliver in rehearsal, on stage, and into the big time. Dropping beats, shredding guitar, or making the crowd roar. Whatever you dream, Pitbull Audio can help make it happen. We are Pitbull Audio. We want you to play it loud. PitbullAudio.com. You know what's all around you every waking moment of your life? Marketing. You're choking on it. I'm Scott Robertson, and when it comes to strategic PR, branding, and marketing, I've seen it all. And actually, I'm still seeing it because bad marketing never sleeps. Join me each week on May the Best Brand Win right here on Intertalk Radio and learn how to make the marketing for your brand unforgettable. Hi, I'm Tim Dolbear, the host of Sound Experience on Intertalk Radio. Each week, I talk with top professional audio engineers, producers, musicians, and the manufacturers that make the tools that we use in the studio each and every day. From capturing the perfect take to mastering your final release and the tools and how the pros use them, we are going to dive deep into their process and learn from their experience. I look forward to you joining us each week on Sound Experience with me, your host, Tim Dolbear. 
This is Jackie Bertoni from Jackie's Groove. Come join me weekly on my journey through the music business as I take you behind the velvet rope, interviewing industry notables such as Al Dimiola, Michael McDonald, and Al Jarreau, to name but a few. Listen to their stories on being in the studios recording number one hits and onto the stages throughout the globe. Allow me to be the music historian. You can hear me live every Monday at 2 p.m. and every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Standard Time or 24-7 on Jackie'sGroove.com. Ready to get your groove on? This is filmmaker Danny Gold of If You're Not In The Obit, Eat Breakfast, and you're listening to Making It with Terry Walmart. Welcome to Making It with Terry Woolman, the show that explores the secrets, successes, and strategies for making it in the music biz. And now, here's your host, Terry Woolman. Welcome back. I'm here in uh, the studio of Artie Butler, and we're talking about uh, music. Um, we're talking about passion uh, and telling stories. Um, what you just heard coming out of commercial is your beautiful song, Here's to Life, the, the, uh, the first version of Thank it you. with that amazing orchestration. So you were just telling a bit of that yeah, story. Yeah, so Johnny Mandel invite, invited me to the recording session. So I went to the session, and uh, it was the third song on the session, so... I got there around 9 o'clock because it was a 7 to 10 session. I got to about 9 o'clock. It was a huge string orchestra, huge string orchestra mm-hmm. and other woodwinds and everything. And he started to rehearse the orchestration, and it was beautiful. And then all of a sudden, Shirley started to sing, to, to rehearse it. And when she started to sing, it was like fairy dust had been dropped in the studio right. from above. Wow. Yeah. And I was sitting in the control room next to John Levy, who was Shirley's old manager, mm-hmm. and a whole bunch of people, I don't know who they were, mm-hmm. I guess people from Verve and mm-hmm. from the press or whatever. Right. And when she finished that, those first two takes, I honestly was on the floor, you had to pick me up with a whisp room. Mm-hmm. And we did a playback, and it must have been a 45-piece orchestra, something like that. These musicians, they go from session to session to session. Right. You know, they, There must have been 30, 35 musicians crowded in the control room wanting to hear this. Mm-hmm. It was, I don't care who you believe God is, if you do believe God, I don't care if you... Mm-hmm to an old man with a beard or a sweet potato. I don't care who you put. He or she was there that night in that control because right. it was yeah. it was just unbelievable. Yeah. Her vocal performance on top of his orchestration yeah. was just everything that I ever got into the music business to be a part of right. was there that night. Yeah. And I heard the record. I had the record came out and it was successful and all of that. Great. Yeah. And I hadn't heard it in a while. And then I heard it on the radio. I sent Johnny Mandel a fan letter. I sent him an fa- actual fan letter. Mm-hmm. And then about two years later, I hadn't heard it in a while. I didn't know what to do. I sent him a copy of the same letter, only I changed the date. <laughs> I said, John, I didn't know what to say to you, yeah. so I'm sending you the same Let's fan say letter. Say it again. One day, I get a call from, from a, a, a famous actress. I forgot who it was. She said, Audie, I was driving down the 405 freeway. This is when the record first came out. And I heard this record for the first time. Oh, Sally Kellerman. Mm-hmm. That's who it was. Mm-hmm. It was Sally Kellerman. She called me up. She said, I just broke into tears. That vocal performance, that song, and that arrangement, yeah. she, I had to pull over because yeah. I lost my composure. She said, I, I, when that happened to me as a songwriter for the first time in my career, as a songwriter, right. You know, as an arranger, a lot of times, you know, as a piano, I would, I, 
Right. But this was my song. This, yes. was a, this was a different thing. Yeah. This is like somebody saying, your baby is beautiful. It is your baby. Yeah. This, is yeah. your, this is your baby. It comes out of your loins. Right. This is different. Right. This is not going to a, a party saying, oh, you have a nice baby. This is somebody saying, this was a whole different thing. Mm. And the thing about this is, is that something about this song for me, that it's a part of my life because it's a part of my dad. It's mm -hmm. a part of... Mm -hmm part of my blood, it's a part of my feelings, it's a part of my emotions, it's a part of the hundreds and hundreds of phone calls I got after 9-11. Mm. Fire chiefs telling me they buried their brothers and police chiefs telling me that people, people, their husbands are dying and they're just in normal life situations mm -hmm. what the song meant to them. That's the food of an artist. It's mm. not about the money. The money's wonderful. Mm -hmm. But the food of an artist is that when you... When you when your song, your creation means something to the people. All, I mean, from all over the world. Mm -hmm. Just the other day, I, we gave the song license to the song to a lady whose uh, husband was the editor of the Washington Post. I think it was, mm -hmm. and she's writing a book. She's a noted writer. I think her name is Sally Quinn. I think it is. I think she's a noted book writer. Mm -hmm. She wants to put the lyric at the end of her book because mm -hmm. it meant so much mm -hmm. to her. She. She went to a club. She had heard the song. And she went. She went out for the first time in her life. She heard the song, and she was taken by it. Well, how much does that mean to you? Right. You know, so that's everything. That's the reward of a yeah. writer, really. And the, these people that reached out to you after nine eleven, these are people that you didn't know. I these never are people knew. that were just touched by something that touched you. Firemen, right? Policemen, um, just everyday people, mm -hmm. uh, really. It's really something, yeah. you know. And, yeah. and, and, and we were talking, it, for me, it's passion. It's right. nothing yeah. but passion. It's all it has ever been. All kinds of passions. Right. All kinds. Of, it, whatever, the, whatever the gig is, mm -hmm. the passion that I had to get, get up for that particular gig. Right. That's all it is. Right. You know. Can you tell the story of what you called the birth of your career with uh, Lieber and Stoller? In Bell Sound? Yeah. Yeah. I was a button pusher in a recording studio called Bell Sound. Mm -hmm. What is a button pusher? A young kid who sits in the control room and puts the tape in the sets up the studio for the recording sessions, puts the tape in the machines. In the old days, we had tape machines where you close the gate and you press the buttons to start the tape machines. Mm -hmm. We had a mono machine, a two-track machine, a four-track machine, an eight-track machine, a 16-track machine, and in the final days, a 24-track machines. Mm -hmm. So when we would start to say, we used to take one, I had to press all the buttons, mm -hmm. and I had to change the tape, mm -hmm. say, hold on, I gotta change the tape on it. It was, it was like operating Grand Central Station, right. and it'll keep logs, and so I was a button pusher. Mm -hmm. That was my job. So you weren't supposed to talk to the clients. Mm -hmm. One day there was a large orchestra there, and the piano player, who was a wonderful piano player, should not have been on this session. It was miscasting. Mm -hmm. It was like uh, casting a, a, a rap artist in a Shakespearean play. Yeah. Shouldn't have been there. Right. Good, great art, good piano player, it just wasn't there. Mm -hmm. Shouldn't have been there. So I was sitting there, and I, for some reason I was feeling, you know, this is my opportunity. I don't know what it is. And so I, I right. stood there and right. I said, hey. I said, Mr. Lieber, I can play that part. Mr. Stoller, I can play that part. Mm -hmm. The engineer looked at me and he turned around right. and gave me, you weren't supposed to talk to the clients. So they turned around and said, you, Artie, you can play that part. I was 16 and a half. So mm -hmm. I said, I can play that part. I knew I was going to catch hell the next day. Right. But they said, well, after we let the orchestra go, we'll give you a chance. Mm -hmm. So I took a grease pencil and I marked on the tape where they should punch in mm -hmm. for me. Right. So the engineer went home and... Uh, Marked on the tape where one of them should punch on the tape. I went in there. I played the part. <laughs> God, I had... They say were, it. I can't say it. I don't want to say it. They, but, they, but they were plutonium. Yeah. They were kryptonite. They were kryptonite. Right. And I had a spare pair in plutonium <laughs> for bad weather. And, 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 and I came in and I walked, took the headphones off and I walked in and I said, Ooh. And I can play the blues too. <laughs> Jerry Lieber, Mike Stoller jumped off their chair and they said, Quit your job and come work for us. Bam, right there. I said, Say it again. <laughs> Quit your job and come work for us. 
I said, I can't because they're nice to me. Right. Because yeah. I have to train somebody. And they really went, Mike said, I like that. Right. You stay as long as you want. Then you come work for us. You know where we work. Right. I trained somebody. And I came to work for them about a month and a half later, two months, whatever. And I went to the Brill Building, the famous Brill Building, 1619 Broadway. And I stood in front of the Brill Building. I swear to you, whoever's watching, I, I stood in front of the Brill Building. <laughs> The innocence of this guy, this young kid. Yeah. And I looked at the building and I said, a month and a half ago, I delivered tapes to you. Right. I'm talking to the building like <laughs> it's a person. A month and a half ago, I right. delivered tapes to you. And I'm pointing to them. Yeah. Now I'm going to become part of your history. Do you hear me? Yeah. He said, just you watch me. I, what kind of... I can so relate to I'm what you're saying. You, <laughs> this is I'm great. I'm telling you I did it. And I said, you just watched yeah. me. And I walked into the building. Yes. And here I am, 57, 58 years later, sitting here with you. Yeah. And I am telling you, it's nothing but passion, passion, inspiration, perspiration, and another dose of passion. Yeah. That's how I, a dedication and... That's how I got here. I, I went to, sat in these guys' office, and watched the thing. I watched how they made records. I saw it from the studio side. Right. But I watched how they worked with the arrangers, and I watched how they, I watched how these, music, these, these magicians made records. Right. I, I was watching two Houdinis right. yeah. work every day. Mm -hmm. I watched their magic show every day. And I... I, I never graduated high school. I quit high school in my senior year. I went to, I started to play wow. weddings and bar yeah. mitzvahs right. and dances sure. yeah, yeah. in the Catskill Mountains. Yeah. And, and at night I was working in a famous nightclub. Uh, club. Did you take heat from your family on that? Or were they, um, did they believe in you or, or uh, the Dina, the Dina The Dina boys in my high school, Erasmus High School, called my father in. And my father said, I see it now. He, he was sitting there. My yeah. father was here. I said, my Dean said, my father, may I call you Dave? And my father said, sure. He says, Dave, your boy wants to quit high school. He looks up in the classes. I get the report. He looks up in the sky. He doesn't, he's failing. He passed one course, music. What does that tell you? Mm -hmm. He's wasting taxpayers' money. I see it. I see it. I, I see it. I see it. But he has something that I don't see from 75% of the kids. Right. My father from Poland. Right. In the furniture business. My father says, what's that? He said, a gleam in his eye about music. He wants to quit school and make music. Let him do it. Let him do it. Let him do it. Yeah. Dean said, my God, I get to I'm crying. My father said, may I call you Malcolm? He said, sure. He says, what father is going to come here on a boat from Poland and try and make a better life for a family and let his son quit school? You answer that question for me. Wow. Yeah. And he said, he's driven. He's got a vision and a gleam in his eye, Dave. I don't see that as often as I see in your son. And he got up, and we put his arm around me, he says, Artie, I want to hear about your music. Go do it. I never saw the man again. Mm. Talk about it. What a gift. What a gift he gave me. My father took me downtown Brooklyn, got me working papers, took me to the musicians' union that day, got me my union card. You know, I am sitting with you. I don't know. And a I, gift he gave your dad, too. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, absolutely. I don't know Ugh. how. I don't know how I got to sit here with you. I don't know how. Yeah. I just kept learning and doing by doing and learning on mm -hmm. the gig. I never studied music. I mean, I never went to music school. Right. I went piano lessons from 4 to 12. Right. But I listened to records, and I listened to music, and I listened, and I learned, I absorbed, and I, I learned so much. And somebody bought me the Garcia book, gave me a gift. I finally met Garcia. Ray Garcia was there. Oh, yeah, yeah. I finally met him at a, at a musician's dinner. I sat right next to him. <laughs> he says, what? I said, hi, I'm Artie Butler. He said, you know how much work you took away from me? 
<laughs> he was so sweet. That's great. He was so sweet. I got him to autograph the book for oh, me. Oh, that's great. I, he was a lovely man. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how I got you to come here. I'm serious. Mm -hmm. I don't know what I did. It was all passion, passion, and a desire to be good. Mm -hmm. If I felt it, I wrote it. If mm -hmm. I didn't feel it, I found out how to feel it. I, I did research. Right. If I had an assignment to do something, I listened to records in that style. I, and I put myself, my own guts, right. my own emotion, my own sense of humor, my own sense of sensitivity Well, for example, into it. like Copacabana, you had your own spin on it. That, right. When, that... Barry, when I got hired to do Barry's thing, yeah. Copacabana, he had a point of view of it. But I thought I could... Do it a little better, mm -hmm. and uh, I, 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 I went. I know what he wanted, and I went into the Desi Arnaz thing, but mm -hmm. I put myself into it mm -hmm. a little bit. And Barry and Ronnie loved it, and mm -hmm. and and uh, it had to be light. It had to have. Uh, it was a disco record, yes, mm -hmm. but it had to have a flavor of the forties and fifties, right? At the at the couple at the da 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 dum da 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 the staggered breath. It had to have that. You had to listen to it and see the ruffle shirts. You had to have the vision. Right. You had to see those mambo shirts when you listened to it. Were you playing Rhodes on that? No, 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 no. I just did the ones and strings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm telling you honestly. I don't know how I got here. I don't know how I bought this house. I, don't, I, don't, I just did it by doing the best I could do, and nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. Right. And I, you never, I never, I never shortcutted anything. Right. And that's the secret to staying in the business. And also, one of the things that, that oh, we're heading into our, our second break, I want to talk about this when we get back, but we were talking about not just knowing what to write, but knowing what not to write where not to and write. where not to write yeah. and, and allowing for, yeah. for space. Yeah. Um, so, which we'll talk about when we come back and we'll do a little bit of playing. Right. Uh, I want everybody to know that they can find everything about you at yeah. artiebutler.com. Right. Is that right? That's yes, your website? Right. Yeah. Uh, we'll post it along with the, the archive of, of this interview. But go to the website because there's some great personal stories you know if you click on a picture you're going to get a, a backstory of your relationship with the person in the picture and, and why why they were special to you and yeah. and and uh, i i really there's not a lot of websites i enjoy going to that i walk away feeling that was worth my time so um so anyway we will be right back i'm here with Artie butler in his home studio so stick around Adam Berry, and you're listening to Making It with Terry Wood. Hi, this is Tim Dolbear, host of Sound Experience here on InterTalk Radio. And Source Connect by Source Element is the essential tool that we use to link between my studio in Austin, Texas, and the WS radio station in San Diego. Now, with Source Connect, not only can we communicate in real time and with HD audio, but it's synced up and is of a high enough quality that I can use it for real time ADR work, remote recording, and overdubbing, and it even allows me to remotely control a DAW. Source Connect by Source Element, affordable, high quality audio and video connection over the internet for all of your production needs. You know what's all around you every waking moment of your life? Marketing. You're choking on it. I'm Scott Robertson, and when it comes to strategic PR, branding, and marketing, I've seen it all. And actually, I'm still seeing it because bad marketing never sleeps. Join me each week on May the Best Brand Win right here on InterTalk Radio and learn how to make the marketing for your brand unforgettable. Make this your vinyl night. I'm John J.R. Robinson, and every week, music creation comes alive through stories, experiences, and sounds when vinyl records filled our hearts and minds. 
My friends and I share our tips and techniques used in creation of iconic tracks for recording artists such as Michael Jackson, Eric Clapton, Quincy Jones, and Steve Winwood, to name a few. Vinyl has emerged hot, and the soul of vinyl defines art and passion, which burns deepest at night. Tune in every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on entertalkradio.com. Are you serious about your music? Are you ready to run with the big dogs? The experts at Pitbull Audio have the gear to get you into the game. From leading manufacturers like Mesa Boogie, Fender, Pioneer, and American Audio. To sound your best, you need the best. Pitbull Audio can deliver in rehearsal, on stage, and into the big time. Dropping beats, shredding guitar, or making the crowd roar. Whatever you dream, Pitbull Audio can help make it happen. We are Pitbull Audio. We want you to play it loud. PitbullAudio.com. This is mastering engineer Brian Lucy at Magic Garden Mastering. And when I'm not hanging upside down, polishing my crystals, and moving music a quarter decibel one way or the other, I'm listening to Making It with Terry Woolman. And so are you right now. Welcome to Making It with Terry Woolman, the show that explores the secrets, successes, and strategies for making it in the music biz. And now, here's your host, Terry Woolman. Back with Artie Butler, you're listening to Barry Manilow's Copa. That's Artie's arrangement. And where's my shirt? Right, where's the my shirt? shirt. It's absolutely. Where is my? You know, with four on the floor, it's still it. disco, but, but you still bring us into this world. This is the perfect time because the lyric is talking about passion. We were just talking about passion. There's a quote of yours that I read that says, "Every time I work with Barry." He always seems to get me to really dig in emotionally. Yeah, because he's think a real that, deal. Yeah, he said, you say, I think that's because he knows that I share the same passion for that's music right, right. that he does. Absolutely, he's the real deal. Yeah. yeah, well, yeah. He, get, he brings it out of me because uh, I know that his tolerances are automatic. He, do, he, doesn't have, uh, uh, he doesn't have it in him to take any less than the right thing. Right. And I don't either. And yeah. it's not a fault. And neither does Barbara Streisand. Right. Not that I'm comparing myself to Barbara Streisand, mm. but when you have, when you're driven to do the right thing by yourself, right. that's what it is. Yeah. And when you're driven, when you're working for other people, you have the, you're driven to do the right thing for other people because you do it for yourself that way. Right. And when I get a call, I work for Barry, and I work for Streisand, and whatever, mm-hmm. I'm going to do the same thing for them that I do for myself. It's not music until it's right. Right. Otherwise, it's just a bunch of notes. Mm-hmm. But when it makes you sit back and go, whoa, or wow, or this or that, right. then it's the right music. Right. But when it sits back and then it's just notes yeah. that's showing up looking for a place to dance <laughs> or cry. Right. But when it does make you dance or make you cry, you did your, you did your job right. So... Tell me your point of view and philosophy about where not to play and where not to what not to write. You know the space between the notes. Okay, I say again, I'm not religious, but I'm just everybody knows this. God invented this and that on the seventh yeah. day he rested, but on the eighth day, <laughs> he or she, whatever yeah. you believe, invented an eraser. Yes, and that, and we have to use it. Yeah, now it's a computer. Yeah, but metaphorically, yes, the most the most important thing is air, space, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. You have to have respect for the melody. Right. You have to have respect for the person singing. Right. Unless it's an instrumental record and you're the artist, right. that's a different ballgame. Yeah. And even since, even still, right. you, still have to, you still have to um, pour in some space and economics. Well, otherwise everybody's speaking oh, at the same time. And it's like when you're making, when you make, when you're cooking, you don't go to your spice rack and pour in a whole bunch of spices. You can't taste anything. Right. So what you do when you, here's the song, here's the melody. Okay? The melody is the real estate of the song. 
Now you got the real estate. Now you're going to put a house there. Mm -hmm. You're not going to fill up that beautiful real estate and the house with all kinds of trees and all kinds of bushes and all kinds of animals and dogs and cows. You're going to do it beautifully like a beautiful painting. Mm -hmm. Well, it's the same thing with writing an arrangement. You have to let the artist be the one that's predominant. Let the spaces breathe so that you can hear, hear the notes, hear the intervals, hear the the air between the notes. You know, mm -hmm. I took a walk in, I'm being corny and old, yeah, but I took a walk in the park, and there were you in the dark. Then I heard a dog would bark, and so I had a piece of cheese. Right. <laughs> Whatever. Right. But you wouldn't go, I took a walk in the dark, and I heard a dog took a bark. Some people do. Right. But you have to takes time to either know that mm -hmm. or, or not know it. Right. And some people, unfortunately, don't know it. I'm, I, you know, and it astounds me. All I me can too. see, sometimes I hear an arrangement <laughs> that is so busy, Right. I look at myself and I say, if that guy was my doctor, I would be dead. <laughs> right. I'd be dying yeah. real fast. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, sitting here talking to you m makes me realize now why... I've, always been drawn to your arrangements you know oh, be, so you know much. before we knew each other thanks so much yeah because there there is there is heart there is melody thanks so much there and there's beautiful space i respect yeah. the singers right i respect the singers for what they do mm -hmm. i respect the songwriters yeah and i respect the people who buy records because right. they're looking for something right and i don't i'm not writing the jazzers. Right. I respect them, too. Listen, yeah. I'm a big jazz fan. Yeah. You know, I, I was. I told you, uh, Stan Getz wanted to do an album with mm -hmm. me before he passed away. Mm -hmm. Pretty good jazz guy, right? Thanks. I was <laughs> close friends with Buddy Rich. Right. I mean, I... I don't misunderstand me. Yeah. And Ray Brown... Well, and you know your way around a jazz chord. I, I do. <laughs> and Ray Brown was a good buddy of mine. Yeah. I, I mean, I, please. Yeah. But I don't write the jazz guys. They don't buy records. Right. I write for people who are commercial singers. And, mm -hmm. and uh, 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 I, Peggy Lee was a pretty good singer, right? Yeah, she yeah. loved my writing. Why? Mm -hmm. Because I, 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 I let the air breathe. I let the, I let the, and she told me. She said, you, she said I'm, 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 I feel like I'm bragging, but she told me. She said, she said I love your writing, Artie, because you, you, you know where I can sing and not sing, mm -hmm. and you leave me those avenues to, to, if I decide to, you still use the word avenues. If I decide to drive down those avenues vocally, I can. Right. She says, you know exactly where to, not to write. Right. Uh, that's why we got along great together. Mm -hmm. you know, she was the master of economy in her singing. Yes. You know, and, and uh, uh, so I, I just, I'm thrilled that I feel that way. I do it instinctively. Right. You know. Uh, right, yeah. I, I just, I think that way. I, I, don't, I don't look to... So I think commercially, I, I, I look. I was trained by Lieber and Stolo. I was mm -hmm. trained by the best. Right. I, I think hook, song, hook. Right. I think how many records can I sell with this song? Yeah. And how nice can I make it also as well? And then also, as well as Lieber and Stoller, there's Jeff Barry and Ellie Greenwich. Oh my God, yeah. Ellie, Jeff and Ellie, Jeff Barry, Ellie Greenwich. Yeah. I learned. So I made the Neil Diamond's first records with Jeff and Ellie. I made uh, uh, the, the early Redbird records with Lieber and Stoller with, right. with Jeff and Ellie. Right. And uh, um, I remember a wonderful Connie Francis session mm -hmm. with Jeff and Ellie. And uh, one of the most profound experiences I had, uh, a music lesson, I learned from a non-music professor, Jeff Barry. Mm -hmm. He taught me one of the most profound things I learned about making records, which ultimately I to making music. Right. One day on a Connie Francis recording session, he wasn't happy with the sound of, 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 of we called it a bass drum back then, before it was a kick oh, drum. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. Called a bass drum, mm -hmm. same drum. He wasn't happy, so he tried everything, changed the, changed the beater on the drum, tightened the skins, put band-aids all over the drum. We mm -hmm. did everything we could do, stick mufflers in the drum. He said, Artie, give the band a 10. He gave the band a 10, it turned into a half hour. And he walked around with a mallet, beating everything, beating the walls, beating as a chip. What in the world are you doing? He said, I'm going to find. He, half an hour, 45 minutes later, he went into the desk 
in the office, mm-hmm. emptied the plastic trash can, and he found the plastic trash can. He said, I got it. Right. We all thought he was nuts. Right. But it was, and it was the right sound for the, for the kick drum. Right. And what it did was it had enough highs to cut through all the bass and the guitars, mm-hmm. and it had enough bottom to give it a Right. And it just, and I learned something. The profound lesson that I learned was you can find the answer to something in a place that you don't expect it. And I have replied that ever since mm-hmm. it's still in making records. And I thank Dr. Jeff Barry, <laughs> Emeritus, right. for that profound music lesson all these years later. I've told him, I've written yeah. about it, I've. I, and uh, I, I walked out. You know, everybody said, "What are you nuts?" What are you went, mm-hmm. "Yeah, he's stupid like a fox." Right. He 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 yeah. knew what he was looking. Yeah. Boy, I got four years of college that afternoon. Mm-hmm. Really, fantastic. It's an amazing story. Would you indulge and in, and in play me a little bit of "Here's to Life"? And I love hearing when the, the composer does the song. The decomposer. <laughs> right. Yeah. No complaints, no regrets. I still believe in chasing dreams and placing bets. For I have learned that all you give is all you get. So you give it all you've got. share, drank my fill, and even though I'm satisfied, I'm hungry still, to see what's down another road, beyond the hill, and do it all again. So your father's son. Wow. Thank you. Yeah. We're like in the last four minutes of our conversation. I, I um, and I, I have a question that I always like to ask everybody at the end of a, an interview, which is at this point of your life, with everything that you know to be true, and I know you are far from done, yeah. uh, but what would you tell your younger self? What advice would you give your younger self if you could? Um, do what you feel. Do it the right way. If you don't believe in it, don't do it. Hmm. Never cut short on the quality, ever, because it'll come back to bite you. And uh, stay honest and, and uh, to the art. 
and um, to be to to have talent is a gift, but the real gift is to be able to make a living at it. So uh, it's uh, yes, negotiate fees and stuff like that. But sometimes a job that doesn't pay as much is more important. If it's a good thing that's musically good, it could be good for your career. That's musically intelligent and could be wonderful for you. That might be the right thing to do. Look, look, look for your future and and stay true to the art. Um, that's what I would advise young people. It's not important mm-hmm. to you know who's my roadie and right. who's this. Right. Stay to the music. It's so important. That's what I would advise people. Mm-hmm. Really, uh, um, look for ways to make it better, not faster. Um, make it better, meaning make musically make the music better. Make the music Find better. Find a way to make it better. Look, look for some melody. Look for some. Uh, I think we're lacking melody. I think we're lacking some melody. Yeah, you know, um, I heard recently that uh, there's a company in Japan that's working on a synthesizer. You put in a formula, uh, press this, and then and it's going to come out with melodies. Oh, a melody algorithm? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's sad. Uh, yeah, that's real sad because somebody's going to buy that and believe it. But that's how you make music. You know, and let me interject. You're not a person who's afraid of technology. No. You've embraced it since the beginning. Yeah. So, but to put technology before the, the art and the, the heart and the creative yeah. Yeah. aspect of yeah. it. I, I, I am so proud to be in this business mm-hmm. and thrilled to be in this business and trying to keep the business in the business, the music in the business. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, it's uh, yes, it's the music business. There is a business, as a, but you know the music is important. And they're, today they're doing everything to take it out of the schools, mm-hmm. and, and and politically they're That's doing shameful. it. It's awful. Yeah, it's awful. Right. I mean, uh, we 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 have an obligation as artists to make sure that the music stays, mm-hmm. um, because uh, we know what's right. We do. We do. Because we breathe, we cry, we laugh, we have all the emotions that it takes to be an artist. And it's important to pass that on. It really is. And what are you doing to keep that alive? I know it's a passion for yours. What am I doing at this stage? You mean? Yeah. Well, I'm working on a one-man show based on my career. Okay. And I'm starting to perform because I'm getting, uh, forgive self-indulgence, I'm getting really wonderful reaction to my performing. Yeah. People are going, forgive me, they're going, they, they love it. It's your time to do and, that. And, and it is my yeah. time to do it. I, 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 and I enjoy it. I enjoy it, I enjoy it. And uh, um, we're, we're at the end of our show. Can, well, can I just tell you what a pleasure this is? Thank you for inviting us For me us as to well, home. for me as well. I enjoy it, I enjoy having you, you're a nice man. And you guys have been so <laughs> quiet. You're welcome back anytime. Thank you. <laughs> we'll see you all next week. Thank you, Artie Butler. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. Enjoy it. Really, really. Hi, this is Tim Dolbear from Eclectica Studios. I'm a full-time mixing and recording engineer. I work with Grammy winners, labels, and indie artists. Using state-of-the-art digital mixing and restoration tools and the very best in analog gear. Really, though, it's my ability to bring tracks to life and fulfill your vision for your music. This has made me sought after by producers and artists worldwide. So spend your time working on music and not chasing a mix down a rabbit hole. Go to TimDolbear.com and check out our free one-song mix offer. You know what's all around you every waking moment of your life? Marketing. You're choking on it. 
I'm Scott Robertson, and when it comes to strategic PR, branding, and marketing, I've seen it all. And actually, I'm still seeing it because bad marketing never sleeps. Join me each week on May the Best Brand Win right here on Intertalk Radio and learn how to make the marketing for your brand unforgettable. Are you serious about your music? Are you ready to run with the big dogs? The experts at Pitbull Audio have the gear to get you into the game. From leading manufacturers like Mesa Boogie, Fender, Pioneer, and American Audio, to sound your best, you need the best. Pitbull Audio can deliver in rehearsal, on stage, and into the big time. Dropping beats, shredding guitar, or making the crowd roar. Whatever you dream, Pitbull Audio can help make it happen. We are Pitbull Audio. We want you to play it loud. PitbullAudio.com. 